0: Attractive people because they will say, Well, you don't make no money, you are uh, it's a burden job, it's a um, thankless position. Uh,
1: welcome to the Misguided Notions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are new here, welcome. If you've been listening for the past few episodes, you know that it is Social Work Month and since March is coming to a close, we are down to our final episode of the Social Worker Highlight Series, where I have had the incredible opportunity to interview fellow social workers in the field that are doing amazing things in the community. I know myself and many other social workers are utilizing the role of social media to destigmatize What people think social work is. Now, media unfortunately tends to portray us in a negative light and we want to change that. We work so hard in our respective fields and we just want to show you what it is that we do do. And while yes, we hear the negative stories, but we're really not all bad. So I hope that you gain a lot of insight from this because you never know when you may need to seek advice or guidance from a social worker at some point in your life. I had the opportunity to meet with Sheldon who has been in the field for a long time. He offers a lot of wisdom and is a true representation of someone who has had longevity in the field. He's one of those people who you would say, what haven't you done? He's a pillar in the community, a great friend, A mentor, and he has an incredible knowledge base. And we have an in-depth conversation about his past and present experiences in the field. Sheldon was really open in discussing how his childhood was a big part in him wanting to be a social worker. He talked about how at a young age, he mobilized his community to help others. And he even gave us a good insight as far as what it's like, as far as the stress is concerned with regard to this field, because it's not easy. So let's get into it with Sheldon Leed. Thank you so much for joining the Misguided Notions community, Sheldon. So tell our listeners about what led you into the social work field. First,
0: thank you so much for inviting me. I feel honored to be here one among all the social workers in New York City and around the world. <laughs> I think it's a privilege to be working in this profession. It is a calling. Um, not anyone can be called to do this type of work. Um, but um, it's, it's a great field, it's exciting, mm-hmm. it's adventurous. Um, I think um, I first realized that I wanted to be in this field from a very young age. So from a very young age, um I I grew up in a on an island, Trinidad Diego, and Tobago, um, and you saw different things as, you know, how are you gonna make a difference in some way. And um, <clears throat> from a cultural standpoint, you saw so many people, poverty, homelessness, crime and um, the village I grew up in was a very poor poor village. Um, we ran in water, no lights and was about 10 years old and I figured I'd say, you know what, how can I make a difference? So I started to engage a lot of people in the community, um, get friends to help, bring water to people, bring fruits to people, food, shit, and things, and I found that very gratifying and very, um, you know, uplifting as a young man, so I started to mobilize friends and family to help people from a very young age, and, um, while I was in school, um, I realized that I was also good at writing, and also good at, um, you know, doing different, you know, learning different things about humanities. Um, so as I got older, I was really hard at math. So I guess most of workers work as
1: Same here. <laughs> Same here. So we,
0: I, so you know, I had to do a back test like four times to yes. pass one class. But um, but I found that interesting also because in, later on in my years, I was able to to utilize the math in social work, which I find very rewarding now because now I can talk statistics mm-hmm. and I can actually gauge myself mm. with the services I want to provide and be factual. Mm. So, um, so my higher education, higher education I would say, um, I went to school in Bayside, Queens, New York, and um, I am a product of the CUNY system. City University of New York, Mm -hmm. going from, um, Queensborough Community College to Hunter College and to Columbia and Fordham. So it was a long journey for me personally, but on my way, um, I started to see where I can be an impact on the community that I was serving. I was thinking, well, I'm in New York now, you know, things are better, you know. No, it wasn't, but this was the mecca for social work services. Mm. There was nowhere else in the world you can go and you would think, well, we can get services in a small town, some in Iowa or somewhere. But in New York, you got everything here.
2: Mm.
0: And since we have so many people here, um, there was a place for me. It was like no other profession, meaning that I started to learn different styles and techniques utilizing my clinical skills, utilizing my engagement skills utilizing my my know how. My street skills from the classroom to the streets. I was privileged to to work in New York for over 25, 25 years actually now. This mm. year, twenty five years. Um the State of New York. Um New York's, New York State Office of Mental Health. And now in New York City, um Department of Homeland Services. Mm. Um so I was able to see the both sides of um, this field, mm-hmm. meaning that I saw it from the, from the beginning to the end,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, almost a quarter century, so. Wow. It's um, remarkable to see the progress and regress also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you see the spectrums.
2: Mm-hmm. My main
0: specialty is forensics, meaning that I work with a lot of men and women coming out of prisons,
2: mm-hmm.
0: coming out of um, Bacchus Island upstate prisons, rehabilitation, so I also specialized in um, substance abuse. Um, of course, mental health,
1: leading, leading
0: into um, incarceration, rehabilitation, mm-hmm. um, adjustment of the community. So we have men and women coming out of prison, so I've never seen a cell phone. I've had people on parole and probation. You know, so it's different parts of social work. Right. It's not just one part, there's people that, are, I've, I've even worked with um, people, you um, know, well, who have disabilities.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so from schizophrenics to bipolar to um, CP, um, you know, to so a different type of um, behavioral work I've done. So besides all the documentation, you guys know that, you have to love writing. So right. I write a lot, a lot of assessments, a lot of intakes,
2: mm-hmm.
0: a, lo- a lot of... Know, different approaches, mm-hmm. and if you cannot uh, be diverse in this field, uh, I don't think it would be for you. So right. I was telling my friend here that I, I, uh, I wear many hats, like many of you. I can, you know, speak with the gang members and then speak with the mayor's office next morning. Right. Um, it's it, it, it is a very diverse place to be.
1: And you never know one day to the next.
0: No, at all. Very exciting. Very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 worked, I worked with a team, a task team one time for uh-huh. probably like about 12 years. Um, and we would, uh, submit court orders. Mm-hmm. Now you guys remember Kingdra's law, which was a law that was put in place to protect, um, mental health people in the community. And also to court mandate them for medication and treatment services in the community. Now we've had young men and young women who would refuse to, and we'd we'll have to do removal orders on them. So time and time again, I'll be put in that position where I'll have to escort a team of um, law enforcement officers, mm-hmm. um, where we'll have to go into certain communities, certain places where we maybe right. extract a person. And sometimes you meet that person my and be violent, um, suicidal, mm-hmm. um, behaviors like you know, on un- unresponsive of course they're the medication, of the treatment. They may have weapons, they may not. I mean hmm. I've been in situations like that many times. So it can be also scary. Um but you have to also keep your keep your cool, keep your calm, know your job, know your work, there's procedures to follow. There is um you know, s- certain way sometimes the officers will say, Mr. Wade, um, you go first. You know, I was like, What? <laughs> you know <laughs> You know you, you got you got you got you got a bulletproof vest you know but we we wear the vest of life mm. and we protect the mind and behaviors of people and I work with all walks of careers um, I've had, I can give you some examples of people sitting in front of me from lawyers to doctors to police officers to shopkeepers, to I mean you name it writers <laughs> uh, I can go on about the people I service and I'm talking probably well over four or 5,000 people served. Wow. I, I, I stopped.
1: Stop uh, counting. How counting. can you count?
0: <laughs> I can't even count. Man. <laughs> I, but, um, but I've been all over New York State, being privileged to go <laughs> to different counties, different cities, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago, New York, Miami. I've traveled and conventions, um, seeing how different parts of the country right. actually do their mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting. I mean, I do run sometimes, I, yeah, running the car, jumping, snow, sleep, hot sun. I, I mean, we're out there. We live out of our cars. When I worked in the field, I, I, I'm bored in the office, but you realize that the office workers were really important. I uh, mm-hmm. sat in front of um, judges, courts, giving testimonies. Um, um, you know, I've sat, on, I've sat on a few boards to uh, evaluate police officers becoming cops um you know, i've done some somewhere and so if it's is it, is it lucrative listen we like teachers <laughs> i say gonna, that all the time you're not gonna get all that money are you think we're gonna get money you know different countries believe it or not new york city is one of the highest paying um cities i didn't um, know that Oh wow. we are one wanna okay. we we always see works uh, of course we just up to fifteen dollars an hour so yes. um but it didn't take on a risk cost of to living too. Yeah. Which will lead to other stuff because now I work with the homeless population. Okay. I'll tell you how that works. Yes, and I wanna
1: I wanna hear about the last because obviously you have years and years of experience. Yes, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wanna know specifically what have you been doing in the last five years.
0: Well, after um, twenty sixteen was my 20th year at the state Office of mental health, and I worked in care coordination, intensive case management for NSX. Listen, we have about 25 different titles, okay? Wow. But my title has always been social worker. And if you break it down, social worker, we're working at a social community. Everybody is doing something, right? No, we make choices. But then there's a third choice, a choice of nature, where mental health comes into play, where medical issues come into play. But we look at the whole environment as a whole. And I try my best to continue that my vision, my personal vision to serve, serve the, the human being and their, and their needs. Um, but it's a thin line between us and them. And um, I've even had co-workers sit up with me. So you see that situation, so obviously you asked about five years ago, 2016 was my 20th year. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a break because in Social work field, clinical field, you need to cleanse yourself. Mm. Um, it is stressful. Because yeah. I am the keeper of secrets. I am a true keeper of secrets. And um, how do you separate in your mind, right? You need to speak to other professionals. I am a big believer in therapists, therapy, the therapists. Um, I believe in medication. You got a headache, take a Tylenol, you know. The issues, you know, there's medication, depression for that, medication for that, schizophrenia, medication for that. There's all the treatment. And um, so, in my case, you know, how do you go about sleeping at night? I sleep very well. Because when you come home to your family and to your friends, you know the right way. Because you've seen it, you've seen the other side. So, when you, but you see the other side. You know what the right way is and what the wrong way is, mm-hmm. and you make that choice. Okay. So after 2016 I took a break, about six months or so, spent some time with the family, visit some friends and relax, you know. But then I realized that society keeps going on and it keeps calling me back.
1: I was just about to say you must have had a
0: calling. It was just I, I listen. I can't work in the retail, I tried, you know, I, I, you know, certain professions is just not, you know, I have friends who are really brave, and I, I say, you're a hero, man, you, you know, you know you're in, um, police officer or fireman, um, but it doesn't mean that you no, man, you're the hero, because mm. we can't see these things, our wives, our family, we can't talk, and they come to me and they close the door and they, they themselves. I let them weep, I let them get angry, cry, whatever they want, emotion they want, and I, I'm able to absorb it, give them a the right direction, where to go, what resources they can use, what techniques they can use. Um, but this is on, ongoing with time. So I had a phone call from the from New York City media's office one day and he said, Wade, Wait, Mr. Wade, <clears throat> we needed to come over and do some work. So I got involved with. I didn't know where I was going. I heard office. I said, oh, "Okay, wow, this, yeah. I reach big time, you know." And um, when I walked in the office, I said, "Listen, we have populations of people coming in in our programs." And I said, "Well, what's the program? I saw any programs in New York City?" So this is New York City Department of Homeland Services. So, well, we needed to do value do assessments, redirect people. Um, basically you take thousands of people, put them in a strainer, and you take out the ones who really need this. Help. Now it is it is time consuming, it is it is the truly the belly of the beast. Because I'm dealing with people from all over the world. Okay. And that to me was exciting because now I get to meet help more people. So I required my, my tools were different. Um, my tools were a metro car <laughs> to get around <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Uber. So I would move around from and different locations to wow. around New York City. So
1: you never knew one day to the next where nah, you'd be? It was just, wow. yeah.
0: I just, I actually I ended, actually, I ended, like, probably like four months ago, I, I actually settled into one place. And um, we called it, we have different names to call it, but I renamed it the, the jungle because it's okay. just everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, men and women? No,
0: just men. Now. Just men. Okay. i worked okay. with families before, okay. I've worked with women before, but, um, I currently do with men now. And when you've been in this business so long, human business, you got this, you get to see repeaters, you get to see the old faces. And you realize that they all get in agree really like you. Hmm. But you remain one way, and they continue in that cycle of, of not having services, not having direction. And I got, a few days ago, I actually had a, one of the huge directors who a big meeting, and he put me aside, and he said, wait, um, what are you doing? You engage these people because our numbers are high for services, seekers. Because in the New York City system, homeless system, you can tell somebody, else, offer them something they wouldn't. It wouldn't accept it mm-hmm. what it might be now we have different programs in place health homes um, sure we have a lot of different resources that more hands to help before we didn't have as much, much hands like people say why are you peed services you know it's like this what's if for the song you repeat the song it sticks in your head. okay I have many songs in my head I would never leave my head I can't sing so I'm not gonna even sing a song but it's it's the same way of services. If you keep repeating them and offering different services, whether it be mental health, whether it be substance abuse services, whether it be housing, whether it be um, clinical services, whether it be um, job, employment, uh, whether it be sitting there with a person and offering them different techniques how to work in the community, working on their phobias, working on their, you know, um, they will eventually, two things you can relax. Time, because the first thing I relax, I'm Give them a specific, like, back after my math. Yes. About <laughs> um, survival rate, you know, with certain illness you may have, certain behaviors you may have, you know, coming from prison, because I work with people from prison, with life life boroughs life, you know, different so you try to give them a fresh start hope. You know? Um again, it is still very exciting because I don't know who's gonna walk in my office or what I'm gonna speak to. Um, I still I was in Rikers Island for a long time too, so I was always in another Rikers Island. People we said, "Well, are you are you are you afraid to be locked up in jail with them?" I said, the worst jail? Is your mind? Mm. See, I'm free to go home. They are not. Not only that, they're not. But knowing that, they're they're locked into their mind of torment, of guilt and shame. You know, they can't even understand how to get out of it." someone like a social worker who understands what the amount of experience may have, but you know, some people say, well, I'm just going to do this area of work. I work with children, or I'll work with um, seniors, or I'll work with people with disabilities, or, well, I believe, not only through the educational system, you need to be diverse. Can I just sit back and say, I'm, all I do is kids. When I sit with someone, I say, how many kids do you have? You know, and they come and they say, well, I have two, three kids and, okay. So you think, so what is your purpose? You're sitting in front of me, I want to be a better role model for them growing up, you know? I can give you many success stories. I think that's one reason why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I see more success than I see, you may think, that is bad and you know, a lot of right. evil stuff out here. But you see more good and you see more people accomplishing. Mm. You know, especially in, in a place like New York City. Right. Um, so when you think about the scope of what I do, in this one shelter that I work out of, we have five hundred and forty men. Five hundred? Five hundred and forty. Wow. I give even more numbers. Wow. Of the five hundred and forty. Mm. More than half comes from prison. Mm. Now, statistics are really crazy. We have over 250,000 homeless families, men and women in New York City. We have so many people homeless that we are now housing them in hotels in New York City. Um, true. We true.
1: I've seen many of them mm-hmm. in hotels.
0: So um, there's a lot of still a huge stigma about homeless people. Yes, they have them. Yes, but a person who probably lost a job or got evicted or came here for promise of a a new life and never Um, happened—if you put ten people in a room, one out of ten is homeless. And if you put twenty families, three out of twenty families. to your job and 10 people are around the lunchroom. Probably one or two people are homeless. Wow. But they want to stigma, the shame, the guilt of, or trying to get themselves back on track. Right. Now, that's what we offer them. Simple shower, yes. Food, okay. Basics. You know, I use my own personal upbringing at my, my, my faith, to guide me so, I'm not going to go quote any Bible or anything like that, but I'm going to say if somebody is hungry, you feed them. Somebody is homeless, you shelter them. Somebody needs clothes, you provide it for them. If somebody needs advice, you give it. Sometimes just listening is advice. That's Sometimes true. just sitting there, putting somebody's hand, it's comforting. So, I always give all my, well, not all my clients, but the ones I I feel that connection to when they need something fresh in your life, a gift. And my gift at the end of one of my sessions is well, don't, don't be taking my ideas. Okay? <laughs> I give them a blank sheet. Mm. And that's their life. Mm. From the moment I've finished that conversation. And I've met men and women years later who will see me and say, Hi, hey, Mr. read how you doing? I said, well, How are you doing? And then they will show me meaning that they have written out documenting their lives. And you know that you got know that part of the therapy where you write things down, you see them visually and you start to actually believe it and work towards Like the plan, like all of our ILPs and our case, what do you call it on the case?
1: This is my life.
0: Yeah. My planner. It's your planner you everything. You give them don't lose that book there. Give them <laughs> Um But they start to actually, you know, Yeah. do it. And that's important. and and they are successful because once you put it on it's concrete, I'm gonna do it. It's true. It's like the goal plan, you know, every month, you know, you do your ILPs or your or case week or case reviews you know, you, Right. you know with the client and you like, What do you do? What's your goal, you know? And then you formulate that with them. You know, the will do something and then you will follow up. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's part of the case management world too. We do all that too. Right. But um it's a it's a beautiful career because you you get to Actually fulfill your purpose as a human being. You know, I, I, I could never, you know, growing up as a child, and I remember, and trust me, I grew up, you know, with studying under lamps and candles. That's how I grew up. And um, <laughs> just just I have friends still to this day. I've never been being on a plane. We've never even, you know, that's all they know. It's a new parts of the world. Right. But then I got to travel a lot of places got to see different things mm-hmm. and continue to be of a service. But right here in the neighborhood, right in the community, I was telling some kids last week in Korea. day, every child is born with a career. They said, well, Mr. Well, Wade, what is, what is my career? I said, I'm going to ask you a question. If everybody raise their hand, I'll tell you what the career is. And I asked the 500 kids with a raise of your hand, How many of you are kind, caring, helpful, loving, thoughtful of the next person next to you? They all raise their hand. Five little kids, 13 year olds, 12 year olds raise their hand. I said, Guess what, guys? All of you are social. And that's where I feel. You Mm -hmm. know? That's where most of them are like, Really? I said, Yes, you can get a paycheck yet, though, but. (laughs) <laughs> you got more to study. It's a, lot of it's a lot of studying. Right, right, right. It's a lot of studying. So, but don't only study with books. It's study of life. You have right. to have the experiences. And in your own world, not everybody experiences the same. Mm-hmm. But at least you can relate to the person to the next. Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway.
1: So, with all that mm-hmm. that you do, which is a lot, obviously, yes. wearing many hats, how do you find it possible to balance the work and family life?
0: Yeah. You need to know that one right? of them is my goddaughter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I I I have I have a wonderful wife. Uh, first you have you know, you have to have supports. Sure. Um, if you don't have supports, whether it be in your faith, your family, your friends, you have to find a medium where mm. you can turn it off and turn it on. But in my case, It transcends. It transcends into my private life. So, the balance of family and work is is critical because when you come home, you need someone to speak to. Also, so I have my wife. Now we have over eight children, (laughs) and um, some of you may be shocked. Yes, I do have a television, but the truth is, when you Love life. You want to share your life, and you want to share your experiences. Now, not everything I will tell my wife because I am sworn to secrecy and confidentiality in my work, but I never let it get in the way of my duties as a father and a husband. Um, it actually enhances it. Um, I have a lot of conversations with my children um, about the, the dos and the don'ts, but also I give them a choice. Okay. there's the, the expectation of a couple the expectation of a family as a whole there's responsibilities in a home and remember I see the other side I've seen broken homes mm. I've seen people who lose their jobs and you know have many issues so you get to see how other families work and then you, you want to come home, and try not to make any mistakes. Um, the biggest part of any relationship, whether it be a client, your family, your wife, your kids, is good communication. And I speak for other people. I give advice for other things. But I use the hundreds of years of just knowing that other people, have done it before, be been successful with it, um, again, um, if you see how the children are growing and you see, you know, put them to school, education, you, you make sure they have meals, you know, the basics of every, what everybody wants, you know, and and I never took away something called time from them, I made sure I had time for them, and time for me, also, because I have to detox also, um, is a job that, you know, if you don't understand the consequences of certain behaviors, even in your private life, how can you be be able to give advice?
1: Yeah, how can you be a,
0: the best clinician you can possibly exactly. be? Exactly. Mm-hmm. How can you? You know, you're not perfect. We are not perfect. You know, I, I'm still wearing two different sizes of socks. I, I, you can't see it, but I'm wearing two different <laughs> sizes of socks.
1: That's me almost every day.
0: Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I will get frizzled, uh, you know, at times. and But I will always be able to show empathy to my clients. Mm-hmm. and show kindness. And I don't understand, you know, but what I will do sometimes. Actually, I do I do a lot of research.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I plan a lot. So even if the client comes in, not doing anything about it. I just read the, I just read a brief intake about them, a brief psychosocial about them. Probably I've seen it in one of my research, one of my papers or one of my friend's book and that goes with time and experience. So you know I'm able to research it so I'm able to approach the person who walks in, walks into my office a couple of days ago and he had about 14 15 tattoos on his neck. Now I knew what every tattoo meant because mm-hmm. I studied tattoos in jail, I've studied in prison tattoo. but you know. I have studied the gangs, I knew what they meant, I knew what everything meant, and I am able to relate to them, with my style of, of engagement. And a person will walk in and I will sit in front of me and he's a sex offender. How do you work with that? You have to be very careful with, um, when you, Transparency. Transparency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? I've left that with on my back vocabulary a long time. Because <laughs> I've never, you know, I've never, you know, because, you know, you have children at home and you're speaking to a person opposite you who have right. done things to children or you have had... Mm, people have to be heavy. Yes. You have done, you have had people across from you who have murdered people, mm. who have um, done some really bad things, mm-hmm. even, and they're actually shackled in front of you how about that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. or they have, or they just been released or they... No one really found out about anything yet, any disclosing things to you. Mm. How do you deal with that? Now, again, supports around me. I need people around me, other professionals around me who know their job. Right? That's my support. Mm. Who understand the policies and procedures of what we have to do to make this person, he's still a person, okay? What's the best angle we can approach this person with? Um, so, understanding that part, also. So coming home now, we're going to get the screams and the fights and, you know, put the garbage out and, you know, all these things, and you get the normal things with families. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we face we the regular stuff, same thing, bills, we all got bills, you know, yep. you know, we all got the same thing, but what extreme do you go to, mm-hmm. see, there's extremes, to that, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. You come home and you, and you, and you know, you're you, you smoking weed and, mm-hmm. and crack in front of little kids. I mean, there you go. Wow. It has half uh, a like that. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, right. So, we have. I, my work is very heavy. Mm-hmm. There's people I work with, just so that's what I said. We, we work with people who form policies and you know, in government mm-hmm. and um, try to protect the public mm-hmm. with laws and you know, different, different, different areas of, of control and to the populations that work in. Because, you know, as you know, and we're back to the homeless population, they are putting them in different communities now. The mm-hmm. communities don't want that now. hmm Okay. I, so, how do we deal with that? New York City will house you for life. Mm-hmm. I know that. I've mm-hmm. people being in, being in a system of years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. What would a person comes from a young man one day, and said, um, where did you come from? Mm-hmm. And looking at him, I'm looking at his nails, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I, I, I came from Quartinale. I said, Quartinale. What did he tell me? He said, I walked. I walked to New York City. He well, hitchhiked, whatever he had. Went through <laughs> tunnels. Wow. Just to be homeless. Wow. Wow. So you have people that are coming from all over the world, mm-hmm. you know? But in their success stories now. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of them got out, get out.
2: Right.
0: You know, I'll give you one story before I go. Actually, I was going down there. I lost my MetroCard one day. I was, I was traveling mm-hmm. and I had just put like 60 bucks in this car. And, mm-hmm. and I saw the MetroCard fall and this guy picked it up. He took it wrong and he had a daughter. A daughter, and his, a daughter, girl or the girl and his wife, I guess his girlfriend. He was strolling. He said, Hey, look, I just found it. He checked it on the on tracker. The but I didn't want to approach him and say, That's my MetroCard. About mm-hmm. about 100 people going through the, the right. subway station. So I said, All right. So when I reached to my um, community, my neighborhood, to get on the bus to come home, I realized I don't have a metro car. I just forgot about it. I should have bought a metro car. I just was thinking differently at that time just to get home. was pretty late at night. And um, I went and to the bus to ask the bus driver, kind of just get a ride to, to, my, to my block. And I was going to put the metro. I always asked him, and he said, "Hey, Mr. Wait." I said, "Wait a minute. <laughs> this is one of my clients. We thought the city bus driver." Oh. And he turned to me and said to me, "You will never appear. on this bus." And I said, "I didn't." Want to. I, said, I looked at him and I tried to remember his name, but I don't remember his name because all names. it's impossible. And he said <laughs> yeah. Frank. I said Frank. Frank. Okay, Frank. All right. Oh, nice to meet you. Hi. Talk about anything right now, <laughs> you gotta stand behind a white line,
1: and you're probably still in your mind, like, Where do I know
0: and him you're from again? Um, yeah, many times happens. I've got that, yeah. um, but you yeah. know what? You treat everybody with respect, of course, because I remember when he was done and out, had nothing strung out, I mean, you name it, and he got himself back. That's amazing, it took him about 10 years, but that's I a beautiful story. I've seen that, um, you know, I've been in the mall of my family, and these guys approached me, mm-hmm. um, these guys. Up to me, hey, Mr. Wade, Mr. Wade, and I said, Oh boy, who's this now? So I got my kids with me, and we in the, we were in the food court. and He watched him, I have to give this person a burger or something. Um, and he walked up, up to me and he said, Hey, how you doing? I said, oh, I'm great, man. I recognized who he was. But I, then I I clicked onto my, I went, listen, my mind went into my psychosocial and I was to go work with him right away. <laughs> I clicked on quick. Of course. And when he walked up and I said, hey, how you doing? He said, great. I said, hey, this is my kids. I'm nice to meet you. Your dad is a really nice guy, you know? I said, oh, thank you. You know, I wasn't afraid of him. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Right. If you're guarded, of course, right? right? I my mean, guard was, was, uh, my my was a sucker. My was sucker. But then he said, hey, my kids are over there, too. oh they in the morning, foot lunch, gun, and whatever, and I'm like, okay. They are like you and me; they not different. Right. Um, you know, and I have, I have been in situations where. Um. Like couple, like, 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 two weeks ago, um, in the building I work in is like five or six floors. And now. Um, you can well, I always have escorts. With me it is a place where there's police officers everywhere cameras everything but i tend to veer off once in a while and um i walk into these huge dorms with about 60 80 beds um and um i walked in there was a new guy that was there and i was looking for him i found him and uh, he was sleeping and i went to his bed and i said listen i gotta get up i gotta give you you gotta get this information done this document signed because if you want to move out of here so I was walking by the guy like, Hey, you, hey, he's calling me back. And a couple of the, the big guys in there say, Hey, that's Mr. Wave to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they come to my defense mm-hmm. in the sense that they will tell other people about your good work. Right. About what you're trying to do with them. Like she, don't mess with Don't him. mess with this guy. Right. And and um, I think uh, the other clinicians there get kinda jealous. <laughs> you know. Because there's like long lines in front of my office and they right. don't have nobody Like I said, well, you got a vacation. You know, when I'm off two days, you can have them. <laughs> but um, they, they they will seek you out. Mm-hmm. Right. You, if you are good at what you do, mm-hmm. you're honest, you have an honest heart, they, they will follow you. And they will mm-hmm. seek you out. And I can't tell you how many times I've had people um, try to go on my Facebook and actually be friends with me. And I try to, I let them know. And most of them did understand and I have numbers, some thousands of numbers, I don't even remember. I had to put like little clues, like the names, to f- figure out who they were. But um, I try to always be professional, always, mm-hmm. and not leave that zone mm-hmm. um, with them. Which is inappropriate, because remember, I work with people for all this, I mean, you know, LGBT community, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you name it. Yeah. You know, a guy sitting in front of me with about 40 pieces on his face, mm. how do you Right? Are you gonna laugh? No, you can't. Like, you no, can't. of course not. You Can't you know? Um, I, I, but that's one of my phobias. I don't like holes and stuff. You know that. that, that um, I know what you mean. Yeah, I forgot that. But I, 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 I can't look at things. So, uh, so I had to look at this man for like an hour.
1: That's like me and blood. Like anytime I see blood, <laughs> oh God, I, too. I flip out. And you know I work in healthcare, so you you're bound to see blood. Yes, and blood and vomit. <laughs> Trust
0: me, earrings is okay. Yes, don't take all Don't take it out. Um, but, um, it's, it's, you know, again we all have our own shortcomings. Right. Not, you know, we're not but perfect. Not perfect. So yeah. I, I try to be professional, mm-hmm. dress well, mm-hmm. be a role model,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I'm professional. Um, I refer to everybody as sir and mm-hmm. ma'am. Mm-hmm. I have my own etiquette about how I do. That. And mm-hmm. I learned from the old school. My professors, people I worked for years, they're all old school that You know, we had, um, interviewing techniques, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were put into the situation to see how you react. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I I'm, when I approach people, I am aware of different things about them because you keep you have to keep updated
2: mm-hmm.
0: on the news, on what's happening in your field. Mm-hmm. You have to be updated on from gang activities to to what's happening in the gay communities, right? What's happening in the elder community? What's happening? Especially if you're doing housing, you're the housing.
1: Right. Well, that's why you said research is a big part of your big job. big part of my job is research. A lot of people um, don't realize um, how important that
0: is. You know what? People walk into my office, I mean, I have a big sign saying translator if you need it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I speak <laughs> 240 languages. <laughs> how? I'm going to tell you, it's quite app. So, I turn my computer around, and I give the person a little microphone, and as he speaks, it comes out in English. That's a good tip. And as I speak, it comes out in French, German, Russian, Polish, Hmm. um, Spanish, whatever you come with it, and they try to figure out, I keep this on my sequence.
1: Google Translator.
0: Yeah. I even typed it out, some of them, Can you read? You know, of course, you meet people with
1: with limitations.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, So you... So communication, as I said, is very important in what I'm doing because I want to be with them for them to understand. Mm-hmm. This is what we're offering you here, how we can help you, you know. And I think one of the best things I see with the clients when they come and they know they got to go through, um, like, security and all, to come see me. The little not who there, no one is still come looking for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I have to, like, call their case workers or call their social workers and say, hey, can you keep John? <laughs> John right. is looking for me. But that tells you about when you spend 25 years and what you do. I, I was 20 years old when I first started doing this.
2: Mm. Um,
0: and um, I've never stopped doing it. So, wow. And I don't think I will ever stop, because mm. social work, if, as long as I can breathe and speak, I will always, always want to share. That's oh beautiful. Goodness. So, um, do, I, do, you, do I get paid a lot of money? Um, I'm hoping that my children get rich and take care of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 um, uh, but it evolves, um, yes. and if you want to know how um, the different parts of social work you've can uh, become a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you can move on to do right. speaking events, you can do different things, teaching, teaching. Mm-hmm. You can go on and do different things with your experience, um, and you can make a good living out of it. Sure. Um, you get more time now with the computer and podcast and all these things. Now yeah. you can do additional things. Um, it's time consuming. I would say three things. Time, money and energy. That's right. Some days I don't have energy. Some do not have time. Lord, no, I I do not a lot of money. I'm kids take all my money. Um, <laughs> but you know, you 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 try to balance it out and try to be a force out there. And and, and that's part of my legacy. I I'm building through my kids, but to the fact that, you know, I wanna be known in silence. I don't want you to speak my voice out loud. I want when you're doing something in your conscience, you say, "Oh, Mr. Wade, one day told me this was going to happen." Okay. And I always tell my my, my my clients when they leave me, whenever you see me, just say hi, and then they will understand, and they will read that blank paper in front of me. And I'll say, "Go fill it with your life," and then they will go. And I, tr- I show that compassion every day when I when I work with them. So.
1: When That's beautiful. Know. Know. So, my final question, oh,
0: final. final question,
1: what's your final answer? Oh my! What, what are some misguided notions that you think people have with regard to the field of social work?
0: Besides, um, what? Be honest. It depends. What I mean, I can I can make it really nice, but I can make it okay. Social work field. But people's perception, so to
1: say, not not necessarily what we know it to be, but what other people
0: might think. It it's it's like it's a it's it's not an attractive field because they will say, "Well, you don't make the money. You uh, it's a burden job. It's um." tankless position. Um what are you gonna do with it? Um um like one cop said to me, I said, You gotta put a professor and he was like, Well, you know, I said, What do I got? He said to me, Well I said, Well you you went to school with sixty credits, you know. he's like, Yeah you get all the big degrees, you can go in there and, and talk them down and do this and do that and I'm like, Huh they will shoot me still, you know, they will hurt me, you know <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> He's behind me with a big gun on and, and this is my my days and tasks Whenever never go task. but um, what well, hey, we miracle workers we're gonna solve a problem in five seconds dying for have to Amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know um, that we, you know people think they're punching bags coming to the office to cuss you out. All right, listen, people cuss you out. Man. I don't, and then I sit down and look at them like that, and like, ten minutes later they come back. I'm sorry, Mr. Wade, um, I didn't mean to. Um, I mean, they figure we don't have feelings, do? I mean, we do have feelings. It isn't emotional. I, I've, I can talk about them other people I know died. I've found people dead. You know, I've, I've seen things I know else, I would, you know, wow. you know. It, I'll be honest with you, in this sense. What you see in movies? some graphic things some you know some people never seen a per, you know a person needles li- in their hand mm-hmm. overdosing uh, I've seen that suicide I've seen that it's an ugly a side of it too right um, you seen um people who who hurt themselves um, whether they bring themselves drink poison I mean some of you think you're too late like what did you do wrong but I didn't say this right. I didn't say that, you know. It, it's, it's a lot of self checks. It's a lot of checks. And then you go, and if you divert out of your training, the training is, impo- is really important. I've sat in classes with, 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 with FBI agents and officers and psychiatrists. Mean, I'm not trying. I'm just trying to tell you what. I mean, after all these years, you like this, and you look at me like, why you need to be here? Some guy said that to me one time. Mm. I looked at him like this. I said, well, one day you'll be in front of me. See, that's the way
1: they do. People
0: devalue social, Why do you need to be here? Yes, and also, um, big part of what we do is grieving. A lot of people have you know come to me, and, and um, you know, in my office, I ha- always have water, napkin—well, they call it um, nap- napkin t- tissues, that's and stuff—and mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, and I always have like a mat there because that's where they will lay down and, and cry, babies. And I'll just sit there and look at them and say, well, "Okay, get it all out." You know, right. But there's also a part of all social workers should be women. That's true. I'm a man. <laughs> so but you have a lot of clients that come in with different ideas about even the workers, even the, I mean, that's my your peers. S- my peers. My peers. My right. peers, there's only two of us, two male there. We have, I have about nine women. And, um, you know, and, and you say, well, all social workers are like that. They're mommies. Their, their daughters and their, you know, and there's men that come in there that, that actually hate women, hmm. or some of them don't like the men because the men left them, their fathers. Right. So there's a lot of connections, and mm-hmm. you know, you have to be ready for that too. Um, at the workplace, also, it's another, it's another. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: you know, some people are really great at documentation, great at interviewing skills. Great of en- engagement, de-escalating situations. I'm all that. And I'm damn proud to say that. So I'm not going to take back 25. Nobody take back 25 years from me. Nobody will. I let them know that too. All my degrees and all that have nothing compares to my experience with people. And I got right back to the beginning of the conversation when I was a little boy. And I sat there and I said, what am I going to, how am I going to be a difference in this world? I got unique unique. My eye is unique. My perceptions are unique. I probably I was 10 years old and I knew then and then, you know, but then my my friend said, that, wait, I thought you were going to be a pilot. I don't like pilots." <laughs> you know, uh, my friends, cousins were mechanics. I wouldn't drive the car. I can't fix cars. You know, I started. you know, you know re- realize that it was different for me mm-hmm. up. but mm-hmm. in my adult life I see why so even mm-hmm. at a young age mm-hmm. if you go into if you go into this you should turn back and walk back out mm. because a lot of people say well sit down on a college application and go down the list of careers and say I want to be this I want to be that with this field you stand by the door and the door just open for you you do not then you walk in. It pulls you in. If you're gonna be wanna be that hero, that's what heroes do. It's called. So you just don't go and say, "Well, I wanna make money because I wanna be an engineer." I've had many rich men sit up with me. Because how do you go without compassion? How do you fall? And you probably take a while to get back up. Sure. It's true. not gonna take, It's not gonna be easy coming back sure. up. So, um, I mean, I will. I'm here. As I said, whenever you see me, just say hi. (laughs) And
1: there you have it, Mr. Wade, Mr. Sheldon Wade. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this series that we had in honor of Social Work Month. I hope that you gained some value, some insight, and now hopefully you too will look at the social work field differently because... Like I said, we are not all bad, and believe it or not, we are real-life superheroes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the Misguided Notions Podcast.